0: It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Here's to Your Health provides valuable information from Dr. Kevin Sherritt for the betterment of our personal and community health. Brought to you by the Rural Health Clinics of Green Memorial Hospital. Here's Roy Hatfield time
1: once again to chat with our friend dr kevin sherritt on here's to your health on the get up a go show on real roots radio and as always this broadcast is brought to you by the rural health clinics of green memorial hospital serving cedarville yellow springs and jamestown and we welcome in dr sherritt to join us for a chat on this tuesday morning doctor good morning welcome into the program good
0: morning to you roy well,
1: it's always a pleasure to talk with you about uh, what's going on with the coronavirus, how it's uh, affecting our local communities and the United States in general. Uh, so, uh, Doc, uh, when we when we look at where we're at right now uh, in December. Uh, here at the end of the month. Uh, I've noticed in the last couple of days, it seems like uh, the positivity rate is dropping, uh, cases are dropping, and you you never want to look a gift horse in the mouth. You wonder, with the numbers being reported around the holidays, how that's affecting things. Um, Doctor, where do you think we are right now?
0: Well, as you said, the the numbers that we have coming in every day look extremely promising. We've talked about this before, that Experts had predicted that we would see this, uh, the uh, peak between Christ- uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and, and certainly it seems uh, to be bearing out that way right now anyway. We've seen the numbers dropping almost every day. You know, it seems like just uh, a week or so ago we were having numbers eight to 10,000 a day with a positivity rate of 16%. We're now seeing numbers about half that, about 4,000 cases a day, and uh, we're talking in the state of Ohio now and a positivity rate that's now down to 11%. So, you know, we haven't seen those numbers since before Thanksgiving. So um, I'm real pleased with what we're seeing now. You know, we're we're hearing some alarm uh, being raised by the experts saying that uh, the Christmas travel season was the busiest travel days that we've had since March, and that there have been more people traveling, I think, on one particular day, whether it was Christmas Eve or whatever day it was, there was almost 2 million people that have traveled and the experts are saying that that, you know, in two weeks we're going to see the effects of that. I, I hope they're wrong, but that's what they're predicting.
1: So we'll certainly have to keep our eye on that. Uh, I know nationwide uh, hospitalizations are at record-breaking rates. You look at some of the, ca- the hospitals in California, they're having to put patients in the gift shop, in the chapels. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, as far as Ohio, uh, where are we at with hospitalizations, which we've talked about before, really this is the number that is focused on the most.
0: Absolutely. And we've been extremely blessed that that the hospitals uh, and all of our hospital networks throughout the state have done just an exceptional job of planning and and utilizing the resources the very best that they can. And so we've not seen those uh, uh, instances that you mentioned in California and other states happening here. We are, you know, we are strained, but we're not broken. And so the hospital rates have come down uh, about 10% is what I've heard. And the ICU admissions have come down consistent with that. So we're in a better position than we were, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, but we're not in a great position if the, the uh, some of the experts are right. If we're going to see another surge coming at us, we're certainly not in a good position to address that if that were to occur.
1: Dr. Kevin Sherrod, our guest on Real Roots Radio on Here's to Your Health, talking about the coronavirus and how it's affecting our communities and how it's affecting our world. Uh, Doctor, there's plenty of things to talk about uh, with vaccines, and and we will get to that in just a second. But speaking of which, I I wanted to ask you this question as a medical professional. Uh, The Mm -hmm. governor has stated that uh, obviously medical professionals, EMS, um, those folks will be the first to get the vaccine, congregate care settings, and, and our elderly that are currently residing in those settings Uh, I guess in Phase 1B, uh, he's talked about... Getting the rest of the population 65 and above uh, talked about them getting the next batch of vaccines. I'm curious, Doctor, have you been given any guidance as a medical professional about how that population is going to be prioritized? Or if people, this is something that people should talk to their primary care physician? Should they call their board of health uh, as far as getting prepared for that phase? Because, you know, I know I have family members, uh, you know, I have a family member who only has one lungs. So obviously, you know, I'm very concerned about them and making sure sure that they get that vaccination, you know, ASAP. Have you been given any guidance from the state or the federal level on on how we're going to proceed in that level?
0: Sure. So uh, a couple things. Uh, The short answer is no. Uh, The long answer is the CDC had a panel convene not long ago, uh, last week sometime, I believe, that came up with the guidance that uh, the first phase of the vaccine should be for individuals. Uh, you know, again, once once the health care providers and the first responders and the nursing home population um, and uh, some other populations of, uh, of congregate care populations have been vaccinated, that the first step would be for individuals 74 and above. Uh, and especially those in that age group with any underlying medical conditions, which, unfortunately, most people in that age group do have some sort of medical condition. So 74 and above is the first step, and then it drops down to 65 to 74, and then it drops down from there in, in different uh, phases. And so the recommendation uh, was to follow those guidelines, and then the recommendation was that uh, once uh, all the uh, initial vaccines were given to start uh, the vaccination of, of those age groups in the public. Now, uh, all of us uh, health providers are in line to receive the vaccine. We've all, all of the health systems have applied for it. The health systems have the vaccine now to give to their employees and first responders, but it has not been released to give to those, those age groups. And we have not gotten any guidance as to when that would occur. Uh, If you listen to the experts, uh, they are saying that we're looking at sometime in the March-April timeframe before that happens. Um, And I think that's not primarily because of uh, uh, the, um, uh, you know, having the vaccine. It is getting the distribution and getting the numbers. Now, it's my understanding it's up to the governors on a state-by-state basis whether they follow that federal guidance or not. So, for example, I read this morning that uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida, has uh, basically decided not to follow those guidelines and that the vaccine is available to uh, the public, anyone 65 and over in Florida. And it's my understanding that one of the local health departments made that announcement and they had people lined up on the street camping over 24 hours ahead of time uh, on the streets in Florida, lined up to get the vaccine. They had 300 doses, it's my understanding, and they had people backed up as far as the eye yeah, could see uh, camping on the street, trying to get those first 300 doses. So it, it is gonna be a logistical challenge and it is going to be, you know, a challenge to have the numbers of vaccines available. I, I just did a telehealth visit this morning with two of my patients that are wintering in Texas. And they're saying the same thing that in Texas, they've opened up the vaccine to 65 and older and people are just lined up to get the vaccine and they're frustrated because they're not able. The, the the amount of vaccine available is just not there to uh, to meet the uh, demand right now. So the challenge is going to be to get the vaccine uh, enough uh, of a stockpile together that when we do open it up to the public that we've got it for them and we're not making empty promises uh, for a vaccine that's that's not available yet. So again, that was a long answer. The short answer is other than that CDC guidance, We have not been given any specific information as to when it's going to be available or how we're going to be able to roll it out. Now, my patients are asking every day I I get uh, last night uh, when I finished the day, I had over 70 emails from people asking about when they can get the vaccine. And my answer is right now, just stand down, relax, at least in the state of Ohio, it is not available to anyone beyond those uh, initial groups that we talked about as soon as it is available everybody's going to know. And hopefully we're going to have enough vaccine at that point that we can administer it in, a, in an efficient way. And we don't have a situation where people are, you know, camping out on the streets waiting to get a vaccine.
1: Dr. Kevin Sherrod, our guest on Real Roots Radio on Here's to Your Health. Uh, well, speaking of vaccines and kind of in that vein, uh, I know Operation Warp Speed, they said their goal was to have 20 million uh, people vaccinated, or 20 million doses, I should say, uh that are into arms by the end of December. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're going to fall well, well short of that. Uh, Once again, Doctor, what are you seeing on the ground here locally um, that kind of contributes to that? Is it just a problem with infrastructure? Uh, Is it a problem with not getting enough doses out? Uh, What are you seeing here locally uh, that would kind of shed some light on the, the national picture?
0: Well, um, I know that initially the initial orders of the vaccine that were being filled had fallen short of what the expectations were. I know Ohio was expecting that first shipment to have like 98,000 doses, and I think it fell uh, significantly short of that. And I know that there are shipments coming every week on on a local level. I know the Greene County Health Department received 900 doses of vaccine, and uh, I believe uh, the significant number of those have, have already been given they were looking for another shipment this week. I've not heard whether that shipment has arrived yet. And so, um, you know, the, the devil's in the details and they, we, you know, the vaccine technology looks great. And so far the results, uh, you know, are have been very good, very favorable, but it's just getting it and getting it on site and then being able to administer it. Certainly the, the Pfizer vaccine is challenging because once it's, uh, Once it is defrosted or thawed, if you will, you only have hours to give it, and uh, or days to give it. You know, it's uh, you can uh, keep it at uh, a certain temperature for several days, and then it uh, it has to be administered. So I know in um, Florida they had some uh, issues, or in Kentucky rather, I read that they had issues where they uh, one of the pharmacy chains had defrosted a bunch of the vaccine, but logistically you know, we're not able to administer it and we're faced with the situation of vaccine going to waste. So we, s- we certainly don't want that to happen. And they had people coming into their pharmacy uh, uh, in the public to get the vaccine. And the governor was commenting on that. But anyway, make a long story short, there are definitely logistical challenges on on getting it out. And we're, we've never faced anything like this before. So um, we're learning as we go. I anticipate that we're still looking at that March time frame Before, uh, you know, the kinks are going to be worked out and the supply is going to be good enough that we can actually give significant um, numbers of this vaccine. I believe I read last week that there were 1.9 million doses given. And as you said, that's certainly falling short of that 20 million dollar or 20 million dollar 20 million dose um, goal that we had set.
1: Dr. Kevin Sherritt on Real Roots Radio. Kind enough to join us for a couple of minutes. And speaking of vaccines, obviously uh, we have two very successful vaccines right now, but we have a big old world. Uh, so two companies alone are not going to be able to uh, to get that done, which is why we're kind of pinning our hopes on Johnson & Johnson, uh, AstraZeneca, and it looks like they, you know, it could be a while before we see the AstraZeneca. Uh, fortunately, there are more horses in the race. Um, Novavax is, uh, I believe they're just starting their phase three. trials am i correct on that yep novavax
0: Uh, yeah novavax it was just announced and they're a maryland company was just announced that they're entering their phase three trial and it's kind of interesting watching these vaccines the first two vaccines are messenger rna vaccines and we've talked about those in length and and we can talk about them again sometime if we need to but uh, the new technology and by the way i saw a, a release from the cleveland clinic and i don't know if you've seen this roy that the Cleveland Clinic has used the same messenger RNA technique to have a vaccine that they are releasing uh, into phase three trials that will, in their opinion, stop uh, breast cancer, prevent breast cancer. So this same technology that I talked about being so excited about the messenger RNA is going to have other uses. We're not going to we're going to be hearing about this going forward. And they said that this was the first line of vaccines that was entering phase three trials to prevent breast cancer, but they had other vaccines in the pipeline that were going to prevent the most common cancers that we were facing. And if that's true, and if it works, it's just going to be an absolute game changer mm-hmm. in the field of medicine. But having said that, they've got the messenger RNA vaccines, the AstraZeneca vaccine and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine are more of these traditional vaccines that we're used to seeing that utilize a, a virus, if you will, a dummy virus and utilizing that killed virus to elicit immunity. So those are kind of traditional vaccines. Now, this Novavax vaccine is is a new technology as well. It's actually a synthetic virus. It's not a real virus, but they're able to synthesize the protein of the virus. It's a synthetic virus. And of all things, they have found a chemical in a um, soap bark tree. Now, whatever a soap bark tree is, and whatever this chemical is, but how they ever found it, I don't know. But they've isolated a chemical in a tree along with this synthetic virus, and that's what this newest vaccine is composed of.
1: Doctor, thank you so much for your time as always. Uh, we we hope to continue to hear better news. Um, and certainly hope that uh, as they get more and more of these vaccines out, uh, they'll get into the arms of folks and, and we'll be able to um, to get this knocked out. But as, you know, we've talked about, and I know you said I, I'm sick and tired of saying it, but really it's in our hands, uh, wearing masks, social distancing and uh, washing hands.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the basics haven't changed and uh, people are doing a good job. I mean, they really are the p- patients I see you know initially Roy it was a big struggle people didn't really think this was that serious they thought it was a political move they thought it was you know a lot of different things and and there are still a, a few among us that feel like that this is all a hoax or a scam but what i'm seeing is is that as time goes people are more uh, realistic and realizing that this is for real um i think you know we're up to around 90 million cases in the United States. And that translates into about one in 17 people have this virus have either had it or have it. And so we all now are, are seeing it up close and personal and realizing that this is real. And so people are for the most part doing a, a very good job. It could be much, much worse. There is light at the end of the tunnel, not only with the vaccines, but the treatment we're seeing good responses to the monoclonal antibodies and that's being utilized more and more. And so You know, hopefully the worst is behind us. We have to move forward. Uh, It's not time to panic. It's time to pay attention and and, uh, uh, be meticulous about what we do. But there's certainly more good news coming out every day. And uh, I believe that uh, we're on track to uh, conquer this uh, in the days ahead.
1: Now, doctor, real quick, I know we've spoken on the monoclonal antibodies before. Are we seeing more and more of those utilized? I think last time we spoke, there were maybe 100 doses a day and all that wasn't being used. Are we getting a little better with that?
0: I think we are. I think as people become more aware, I think as physicians and clinicians are more comfortable prescribing it, as patients are more comfortable taking it, I know in our practice, it's being utilized a lot. And now, you know, before we would order it and patients would be in that day to receive it. Now it's a day or two before they're getting in to get their treatment. So what that's telling me is is that there's more of a demand and it's being utilized more.
1: A great deal. Dr. Kevin Shearer, always appreciate the time and information as always, and hopefully we'll be back to share some more good news in uh, 2021 next Tuesday. Your Miami Valley home for real deal country music. We are Real Roots Radio.